Welcome to another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will help you to relax and fall asleep. Episode number 204, and specifically, it's a Whisperpedia episode about Jackie Robinson, who was the first African American to play in Major League Baseball. It's a story with highs and lows, but ultimately, it is an uplifting story of triumph. If you are a new listener, then welcome to my little world of whispers. Each week I rotate through one of six types of episodes to calm those overactive squirrels running around in your brain. These episodes include Storytime episodes, trivia time episodes, chat episodes, badge episodes, fade out episodes, and tonight you'll hear a Whisperpedia episode, which means I've selected an interesting Wikipedia article to read to you. And it's usually about some aspect of science, history, pop culture, mythology, or the animal kingdom. If you're interested in listening to over 200 more Whisper episodes like this one, or listening to my special 8-hour long episodes of nature sounds and background noises like raindrops, ocean waves, ceiling fans, and white noise, then feel free to click the links in the show notes or visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. Alright, why did I choose Jackie Robinson for tonight's Whisperpedia? It was inspired by my listener, Allie. She submitted the following request to my Hey Harris form. Here's what she wrote. As a person of color, I'd love to hear more content about or by other people of color. And this, of course, is a wonderful and great idea. And there were so many topics and people to choose from. So I decided to focus on Jackie Robinson, the first African-American 
play in Major League Baseball in the modern era. Now, I'm not a big baseball fan, and you may not be either, but I found the Wikipedia page very fascinating, and it was kind of written almost as an engaging story rather than a bunch of dry baseball statistics. The story of Jackie Robinson will have moments that may stress you out, which means that's not really ideal for trying to fall asleep and calm your mind. But his story also has many positive moments with a lot of individuals who did support him and fought for him. So try your best to focus on those positive moments and the big picture progress that happened during this moment in history. Overall, I found it to be an uplifting and inspirational story, and I think you'll fall asleep with a smile on your face. Here are some interesting questions I'll address tonight. Was Jackie Robinson the first African-American to ever play in the major leagues? A spoiler alert. The answer will be no. What challenges did he face while serving in the minor leagues? Was Jackie Robinson considered the best African-American baseball player by everyone before he joined the major leagues. What were the details of the famous argument he had with his soon-to-be first major league general manager? was the first major league team Jackie played for, and what position did he initially play? What threat did the management of his new major league team use against his teammates who were not happy with him being on the team? and acts of cruelty did he receive from players on other teams? What support did he receive from players on other teams? How great of a Major League Baseball player did he turn out to be?
spoiler alert, he turned out to be one of the greatest. What Major League Baseball team was the last one with an integrated roster? What special thing do baseball players do every year to celebrate Jackie Robinson Day? And I'll finish with telling you about other incredible contributions and accomplishments made by Jackie Robinson in addition to being a great baseball player. Now before I tranquilize your brain squirrels with the story of Jackie Robinson, I want to tell you about an easy and low-cost way to get delicious meal kits delivered. And this may be something very helpful and worth considering right now if you're trying to stay home as well as save money. Every Plate is the sponsor of this episode and they sent me some of their meal kits to try. I received this big box filled with the exact ingredients and recipes that I would need to make several meals. There was no shopping or meal planning required. I, I liked how easy that was. And these meal kits are cheaper and healthier fast food delivery. My wife and I enjoyed mushu beef, sweet chili glazed chicken, and pork sausage with sweet potato risotto. And we found the instructions for each meal easy to follow, quick to prepare, and we agreed that the final taste was restaurant quality, which we were surprised and overall quite impressed. These every plate meal kits not only save you time, they also save you money. The regular prices of every plate meals are up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kits. And you don't even need to pay their regular low price of $4.99 per meal. You can get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code WHISPERS3. I'll say that again because it's a pretty good deal. You can get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal.
by going to everyplate.com and entering code WHISPERS3. And that's the word WHISPERS followed by the number 3. And don't worry if you don't have a pen and paper handy. I posted that website address and that special code in the show notes of this episode for you. Okay. Let's begin tonight's Whisperpedia. The following are select sections and details from the Wikipedia article titled Jackie Robinson. And I do have an initial note of substitution for the sake of my very young listeners. I've inserted the term African American as a substitute for an outdated term that is used throughout the article. The term I have removed starts with an N and ends with an O. I know some of you listen with children, and so you can choose to explain and educate them about the historical context of that word on the timeline that suits you best. I also use the term African American to replace other terms to be consistent. And you may have an even better term than African American, which you prefer to use in your household. If so, then do follow up with a family discussion afterwards about your preferred terms. And now, the story of Jackie Robinson. I'll begin with an overview. Jack Robinson lived from January 31st, 1919 until October 24th, 1972. He was an American professional baseball player who became the first African American to play in Major League Baseball in the modern era. He broke the baseball color line when he started at first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers on April 15, 1947. When the Dodgers signed Robinson, they heralded the end of racial segregation in professional baseball that had relegated African-American players to the African-American leagues since the 1880s. Robinson was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1962. During his 10-year Major League Baseball career, Robinson won the inaugural Rookie of the Year Award in 1947, was an All-Star for six consecutive seasons, from 1949 through 1954 and won the National 
first African-American player so honored. Robinson played in six World Series and contributed to the Dodgers' 1955 World Series championship. The next section will be about his start in the African-American leagues, and then I'll move on to him being in the minor leagues, and then I'll move on to him being in the major leagues. In early 1945, while Robinson was at college, the Kansas City Monarchs sent him a written offer to play professional baseball in the African-American leagues. Robinson accepted a contract for $400 per month. Although he played well for the Monarchs, Robinson was frustrated with the experience. He had grown used to a structured playing environment in college. In the African-American leagues, disorganization and embrace of gambling interests appalled him. The hectic travel schedule also placed a burden on his relationship with his fiancée, Rachel, with whom he could now communicate only by letter. In all, Robinson played 47 games at shortstop for the Monarchs, hitting 387 with five home runs and registering 13 stolen bases. He also appeared in the 1945 East-West All-Star Game, going hitless in five at-bats. During the season, Robinson pursued potential major league interests. No African-American had played in the major leagues since Moses Fleetwood Walker had in 1884, but the Boston Red Sox nevertheless held a tryout at Fenway Park for Robinson and other African-American players on April 16th. The tryout, however, was a farce chiefly designed to appeal to the desegregationist sensibilities of the powerful Boston City Councilman. Even with the stands limited to management, Robinson was subjected to racial epithets. He left the trial humiliated, and more than 14 years later, in July 1959, the Red Sox became the last major league team to integrate its roster. Other teams, however, had more serious interest in signing an African-American ball player. In the mid-1940s, Branch Rickey, club president and general manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, began to scout the African-American leagues for a possible addition to the Dodgers roster. 
Ricky selected Robinson from a list of promising African-American players and interviewed him for possible assignment to Brooklyn's International League Farm Club, the Montreal Royals. Ricky was especially interested in making sure his eventual signee could withstand the inevitable racial abuse that would be directed at him. In a famous three-hour exchange in 1945, Branch Ricky asked Jackie Robinson if he could face the racial antagonism without taking the bait and reacting angrily, a concern given Robinson's prior arguments with law enforcement officials. Robinson was aghast, and he said, Are you looking for an African-American who is afraid to fight back? Branch Ricky replied that he needed an African-American player with guts enough not to fight back. After obtaining a commitment from Robinson to turn the other cheek to racial antagonism, Ricky agreed to sign him to a contract for $600 a month, equal to about $8,521 today. Although he required Robinson to keep the arrangement a secret for the time being, Ricky committed to formally signing Robinson before November 1st, 1945. On October 23rd, it was publicly announced that Robinson would be assigned to the Royals for the 1946 season. On the same day, with representatives of the Royals and Dodgers present, Robinson formally signed his contract with the Royals in what was later referred to as the Noble Experiment. Robinson was the first African-American baseball player in the International League since the 1880s. Robinson at the time was not necessarily the best player in the African-American leagues, and African-American talents, Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson, were upset when Robinson was selected first. Larry Doby, who broke the color line in the American League the same year as Robinson, said, One of the things that was disappointing and disheartening to a lot of the African-American players at the time was that Jack was not the best player. The best was Josh Gibson. I think that's one of the reasons why Josh died so early. He was heartbroken. Ricky's offer allowed Robinson to leave behind the Monarchs and their grueling bus rides and he went home to Pasadena. That September, he signed with the Kansas City Royals 
a postseason barnstorming team in the California Winter League. Later that offseason, he briefly toured South America with another barnstorming team, while his fiancée Rachel pursued nursing opportunities in New York City. On February 10th, 1946, Jackie and Rachel were married. The next section is about his time in the minor leagues. In 1946, Robinson arrived at Daytona Beach, Florida for spring training with the Montreal Royals in the minor leagues. Clay Hopper, the manager of the Royals, asked Branch Rickey to assign Robinson to any other Dodger affiliate, but Rickey refused. Robinson's presence was controversial in racially charged Florida. He was not allowed to stay with his white teammates at the team hotel, and instead lodged at the home of Joe and Dufferin Harris, a politically active African-American couple. Since the Dodgers organization didn't own a spring training facility, scheduling was subject to the whim of area localities. As it turned out, several localities turned down any event involving Robinson or Johnny Wright, another African-American player whom Ricky had signed to the Dodgers organization in January. In Sanford, Florida, the police chief threatened to cancel games if Robinson and Wright didn't cease training activities there. As a result, Robinson was sent back to Daytona Beach. In Jacksonville, the stadium was padlocked shut without warning on game day by order of the city's Parks and Public Property Director. In Deland, a scheduled day game was postponed, ostensibly because of issues with the stadium's electrical lighting. After much lobbying of local officials by Ricky himself, the Royals were allowed to host a game involving Robinson in Daytona Beach. Robinson made his Royals debut at Daytona Beach's City Island Ballpark on March 17, 1946, in an exhibition game against the team's parent club the Dodgers. Robinson thus became the first African-American player to openly play for a minor league team against a major league team since the de facto baseball color line had been implemented in the 1880s. Later in spring training, after some less than stellar performances, Robinson was shifted from 
shortstop to second base, allowing him to make sure throws to first base. Robinson's performance soon rebounded. On April 18, 1946, Roosevelt Stadium hosted the Jersey City Giants season opener against the Montreal Royals, marking the professional debut of the Royals, Jackie Robinson, and the first time the color barrier had been broken in a game between two minor league clubs. Pitching against Robinson was Warren Sandell, who had played against him when they both lived in California. During Robinson's first at-bat, the Jersey City catcher, Dick Booknight, demanded that Sandell throw at Robinson. But Sandell refused. Although Sandell induced Robinson to ground out at his first at-bat, Robinson ended up with four hits in his five trips to the plate. His first hit was a three-run home run in the game's third inning. He also scored four runs, drove in three, and stole two bases in the Royals' 14-1 victory. Robinson proceeded to lead the International League that season with a 349 batting average and a 985 fielding percentage, and he was named the league's most valuable player. Although he often faced hostility while on road trips, the Montreal fan base enthusiastically supported Robinson. Whether fans supported or opposed it, Robinson's presence on the field was a boon to attendance. More than one million people went to games involving Robinson in 1946, an amazing figure by International League standards. In the fall of 1946, following the baseball season, Robinson returned home to California and briefly played professional basketball for the short-lived Los Angeles Red Devils. The next section will be about his time in the major leagues. In 1947, the Dodgers called Robinson up to the major leagues six days before the start of the season. With Eddie Stanky entrenched at second base for the Dodgers, Robinson played his initial major league season as a first baseman. On April 15th, Robinson made his major league debut at the relatively advanced age of 28 at Ebbets Field before a crowd of 26,000. 623 spectators, more than 14,000 of whom were African American. Although he failed to get a base hit, he walked and scored a run in the Dodgers' 
first player since 1884 to openly break the Major League Baseball color line. African American fans began flocking to see the Dodgers when they came to town, abandoning their African American League teams. Robinson's promotion met a generally positive, although mixed, reception among newspapers and white major league players. However, racial tension existed in the Dodger clubhouse. Some Dodger players insinuated they would sit out. The brewing mutiny ended when Dodgers management took a stand for Robinson. Manager Leo DeRocher informed the team, I don't care if the guy is yellow or black, or if he has stripes like a zebra. I'm the manager of this team, and I say he plays. What's more, I say he can make us all rich. If any of you cannot use the money, I will see that you are all traded. Robinson was also derided by opposing teams. According to a press report, the St. Louis Cardinals threatened to strike if Robinson played and to spread the walkout across the entire National League. Existence of the plot was said to have been leaked by the Cardinals' team physician to a reporter of the New York Herald Tribune. The article made national headlines. After it was published, National League President Ford Frick and Baseball Commissioner Happy Chandler let it be known that any striking players would be suspended. You will find that the friends that you think you have in the press box will not support you that you will be outcasts. Frick was quoted in the article as saying, I don't care if half the league strikes. Those who do it will encounter quick retribution. All will be suspended, and I don't care if it wrecks the National League for five years. This is the United States of America, and one citizen has as much right to play as another. The article received the E.B. Dutton Award in 1947 for Best Sports Reporting. The Cardinals players denied that they were planning to strike. Regardless, the report led to Robinson receiving increased support from the sports media. Even the Sporting News a publication that had supported the color line came out against the idea of a strike. Robinson, nonetheless, became the target of a rough physical play by opponents, particularly the Cardinals. At one time, he received a seven-inch gash in his leg from an opposing player. On April 22, 1947, during a game 
between the Dodgers and the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies player and manager called Robinson an N-word from their dugout and yelled other racist statements. Ricky later recalled that those comments did more than anybody to unite the Dodgers when he poured out that string of unconscionable abuse, he solidified and united 30 men. Robinson did, however, receive significant encouragement from several major league players. Robinson named Lee Jeep Hanley, who played for the Phillies at the time, as the first opposing player to wish him well. Dodgers teammate Pee Wee Reese once came to Robinson's defense with the famous line, You can hate a man for many reasons. Color is not one of them. In 1947 or 1948, Reese is said to have put his arm around Robinson in response to fans who shouted racial slurs at Robinson before a game in Boston or Cincinnati. A statue unveiled at Keyspan Park on November 1st, 2005 depicts Reese with his arm around Robinson. Jewish baseball star Hank Greenberg, who had to deal with ethnic epithets during his career, also encouraged Robinson Following an incident where Greenberg collided with Robinson at first base, he whispered a few words into Robinson's ear, which Robinson later characterized as words of encouragement. Greenberg had advised him to overcome his critics by defeating them in games. Robinson also talked frequently with Larry Doby, endured his own hardships since becoming the first black player in the American League with the Cleveland Indians as the two spoke to one another by telephone throughout the season. Robinson finished the season having played in 151 games for the Dodgers with a batting average of 297 and on-base percentage of 383 and a 4.27 slugging percentage. He had 175 hits, scoring 125 runs, including 31 doubles, 5 triples, and 12 home runs, driving in 48 runs for the year. Robinson led the league in sacrifice hits with 28, and he led the league in stolen bases with 29. His cumulative performance earned him the inaugural Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year award. In 1997, Major League Baseball retired his uniform number 42 across all Major League teams, 
he was the first professional athlete in any sport to be so honored. Major League Baseball also adopted a new annual tradition, Jackie Robinson Day. For the first time on April 15, 2004, on which every player on every team wears the number 42. And I'll finish with his other accomplishments and other contributions. Robinson's character, his use of nonviolence, and his unquestionable talent challenged the traditional basis of segregation that had then marked many other aspects of American life. He influenced the culture of and contributed significantly to the civil rights movement. Robinson also was the first African-American television analyst in Major League Baseball and the first African-American vice president of a major American corporation, chock full of nuts. In the 1960s, he helped establish the Freedom National Bank, an African-American-owned financial institution based in Harlem, New York. After his death in 1972, Robinson was posthumously awarded the Congressional Gold Medal and Presidential Medal of Freedom in recognition of his achievements on and off the field. This concludes tonight's Whisperpedia episode. I hope you are deeply relaxed, or even better.